Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99 at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Order our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings. Plus, make sure to try our marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. Will Lutz taps his right foot. Morstead puts it down. Lutz has it on its way. And the Saints win. And the shotgun. He's back. He's looking, he fires, and it is complete. Down shot Jeffrey for a touchdown. Brady takes the shotgun snap at first and 10. Lobs oh. down the right side for a one up and cooks. Catches at the 30th try. Adios to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. And that ball's picked off again. Trevor Williams. And boy, you got to wonder how long Sean McDermott can leave this poor kid out there. The fifth interception thrown all in the first half. With your inside look at everything football, it's TSN 4 Downs with Andy McNamara. Brought to you by Domino's. It is week 12 in the National Football League, and welcome to TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and as you heard, yeah, we're delivered by Domino's, folks. Any medium feast pizza, just $10.99. A large, four topping, only $11.99. Get your pop, your side dishes, dessert, anything you need, dominoes.ca. Give us a follow on Twitter at TSN4Downs, myself at AndyMC81. Boy, do we got a jam-packed show, stack show for you today, folks. Sal Capaccio, we go down to Buffalo from WGR550. He covers the bills. We'll be talking about, well, they're going back to Tyrod Taylor, away from Nate Peterman in that five-interception debacle. And we'll also swing around the rest of the AFC East. And then fantasy football analyst from DraftKings, Pat Mayo, stops by must-listen-to for fantasy football tips. We'll also get into my fantasy sleepers, our own DraftKings contest at DraftFree.com, the NFL Pick'em game. You can go head-to-head against myself and Scriz. We'll get to the fantasy injuries and a whole lot more. Let's, uh, let's go to the poll question first, though. And it's at TSN 4Downs at AndyMC81. Fantasy football focused. Which of these running backs is going to have the bigger fantasy week? Which of these running backs will have the bigger fantasy week? Kareem Hunt versus the Bills. Jay Ajayi versus the Bears. Tevin Coleman versus the Bucks. Remember, Devontae Freeman is out. Or Deion Lewis against the Miami Dolphins. So Hunt, Ajayi, Coleman or Lewis. Let's bring in producer Mike Skrizniak. Skrizzy, uh, how, how are you voting on this poll? You know what? For this poll, I went with Tevin Coleman versus the Bucks. Hmm. That Bucks defense has been horrendous the last couple weeks, especially since Jameis Winston has went down. With Devontae Freeman being out, Coleman is a great balance of pass catching out of the backfield and just running the ball. He's probably the fastest guy on the field whenever he's out there. And he's getting the touches. He's get, yeah, he's going to have at least 20 touches in this game. I think Atlanta's going to have the ball a lot, so they're going to have to rely on Coleman. And I just think I think everyone's going to go Kareem Hunt in this poll. But I'm, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, don't you have to have a little bit of pride? Well, Especially after, after last week. After that. Oh, and we'll get into this with... Sal Capaccio a little bit later on from WGR 550. But what a, what a what absolute a, gong show. Oh, my God. Just a disaster. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm looking fantasy-wise specifically, what do we always talk about? You want opportunity. So, J.H.I., although we've seen him be dynamic while joining the Eagles, he is in a timeshare. Deion Lewis, well, I, I'm always tentative when playing anybody out of the Patriots' backfield. You have Rex Burkhead floating around. So, to me, it comes down between Hunt and and Coleman, and we've seen Coleman, when he has had a fill-in for Freeman, guy can ball out. 
Absolutely. And, and Hunt has been on a decline since his very hot start. Doesn't mean he can't pop back up, but the Bills are very thin on that defense as far as size-wise, so maybe Hunt can bust through. So I'm, I'm a little bit torn. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. Which, yeah, is the clubhouse, which is the clubhouse leader, but I certainly wouldn't be upset about taking Tevin Coleman. Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. You can vote at TSN4Downs on Twitter, at AndyMC81. Okay, let's, let's go over these, these Thanksgiving days uh, games. Oh, man. Uh, and I love U.S. Thanksgiving because you just get to plop yourself down and enjoy some... It's 12 hours of football. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. It's, so, you had the Vikings over the Lions, 30-23. to Case Keenum continues to be a revelation. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Seventh straight win for Case Keenum. You mean Case Keeper? Whoa! Is it? Case Keenum is fantasy relevant. This is Donald Trump as president, and Case Keenum is relevant in fantasy football. What planet what am I on? world we live what in. What planet do I live on? But it's true. you got to respect Case Keenum. Now you have Teddy Bridgewater breathing down his neck. I still feel that the Vikings will somehow screw this up in case Keenum will buckle to the pressure because Bridgewater is going to want to get in there. But well, you know. you, So what you're saying is Kai Forbath will blow a 28-yard field goal <laughs> in the playoffs way left? Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, he can one, hit. One part, of the, one part of the Vikings, though, I'm going to say, Mike Zimmer is not getting enough credit. I agree. Two years ago in that playoff, he should have won a playoff game. He should have beat Seattle if it wasn't for Blair Walsh. Yeah. Last year's quarterback goes down. Sam Bradford comes in. You start 5-0. and it doesn't go as well in the second half of the season, but I don't think that was all on Zimmer. That was more on Bradford and that offense. But this year, Dalvin Cook goes down. You're yep. on your third string quarterback. Third string. In a tight, what everyone would have thought at the beginning of the year would, would have been one of the better divisions, especially in the NFC. And it was at first. Until Aaron Rodgers went down, obviously. Yeah. And then the Lions back and forth. But now you have the Vikings 9-2. and two. Yeah, without their stud running back, the defense is... Uh, is They've basically been great. that division. Oh, oh yeah, the division's done. It's it's for the Vikings. Now it comes down to the wild card race. But aside from maybe Doug Peterson, I honestly think Mike Zimmer has a great chance of winning coaches. He's got to be year. in there. Got to be up there. Absolutely. Then the Chargers and the Cowboys. Hey, hey, Cowboys fans, how you liking Dak? Uh, oh Woo! man. Oh baby, he has not scored a touchdown in three games. He has not thrown a TD. I believe it's five. Wow. Five turnovers with no touchdowns. Yeah. And he's been sacked more than ten times. This. It, this collapse is fascinating to me because, all right, you got the offensive line that's banged up, right? Tackle and guard in and out of the lineup. We know that strength of that offense is built around the offensive line. So you take that away. You take away Zeke Elliott. And a running back, no matter how stellar, really the way that team was playing should not completely implode your offense. You should be able to get by with Alfred Morris, who has had success in the league, and Rod Smith, but they're not nearly as explosive as Ezekiel Elliott to make just a little bit of daylight into a big game. So you limit that, and you're putting way more on Dak Prescott. I still think Dak's going to be a good quarterback. It's only you know it's the three games, but he's been exposed. And as of right now in his career, this guy needs a whole lot of help around him. You want a Cleveland Browns then, Andy? I know you do. I... I... I would take him on the okay. Browns. Okay, no, him. I got a stat for you, though. Okay. So the Browns are 0-10, right? Yeah. They've only lost by 20 or more points once this season. The Dallas Cowboys have lost by 20 points three times in 12 days. Wow. How they, about that? But they still have five wins. I well, would take yeah. that. I would, but, uh, no, but that, that, that that's offense a damning is, stat. Dude, it's that not offense just is done. the offense, though. No. It's the defense. They're not stopping anybody. That Sean Lee injury is just as impactful as losing Ezekiel Elliott. It 
has completely collapsed. Also, on top of that, you have Jerry Jones, who's a complete distraction. Oh, he must be. I would love to be in his head right now. Just to be a fly on the wall of any of his meetings. He's he, hates, be, he hates everybody right now. Be he hates out. Goodell. Hates the other he owners. He probably hates what Dak Prescott's doing. Hates the owners. He, he hates voted his against coaches because <laughs> they can't figure it out. Oh, oh, it's just a disaster boy. in Dallas. From after what a promising start it was. Yeah, and after last year. And if you're starting, you probably have Dak in fantasy too. You people, okay? Dak was highly touted. Des Bryant, I think, just falls under name recognition. He's not a WR one anymore. Hasn't been He's for a couple slow. years. Looking very slow. You have no. You have no options now. Over these past three weeks on the Dallas offense, you have nothing. Who are you going to play? You, you, you going Terrence Rod Williams? Smith? Yeah, 10 points. You going Terrence Williams at wideout? Come on. <laughs> no. Do I even have to acknowledge? No. Jason Witten. Witten. I would still Witten have. runs like a dad. Yeah, he but, he's has, good, but he's good for eight receptions. If he falls into the end zone. Not, not the three weeks I picked him up in my league. Well, Single digit, nothing. That's the Andy Curse. Nothing. Though. Jason Witten. I'm done with Jason Witten. I don't want Jason Witten on my fantasy team. Not touching him. All right, so the Chargers rolled over the Cowboys and are now somehow still relevant in the AFC West. Final game, the New York Giants. Oh, do we have to talk about this game? That was just what an ugly finish. That was like you had your dinner and you're full and you're maybe a little uncomfortable. Then you're watching that game. It's like this is also making me uncomfortable. The only bright spot, Sam Perrine. Woo! Back-to-back double 100-yard game. Well, Jameson Crowder also that? had the the breakout game people have been waiting for since week one this year. 41 yards. And still only 20 points for the Redskins. Giants suck. We know that. Redskins, eh. They're 5-6. and six. And they won that game. Um, that whole New York Giants organization is going to be blown yeah, up. Yeah, it's going to uh, be blown up. And I do like what Josh Doxson has shown as well. He's a big guy with good hands. He's got potential. And he's got some speed on him, too. I, I can see why they took him in the first round. And going forward, he could be a factor in the fantasy playoffs. He really As like could. a wide receiver three or a flex, I can absolutely see the value in uh, Josh Doxson. All right, Chris, let's get to this Sunday's games in... The Big Three. Okay, and I'm, I'm very interested in this game. Saints at Rams. Now, here's the wrinkle. The New, York, the New Orleans Saints... Their defense has been getting kudos, and rightfully so. However, their two starting quarterbacks, Marshawn Lattimore, Ken Crawley, out with injury for the Rams. Now, they don't have Robert Woods, but you got Jared Goff, who's been balling out. You have Todd Gurley. And what does that mean? You're outside, guys. I'm really liking myself some Sammy Watkins and underneath some Cooper Cup. I'll take the Rams at home over the Saints. See, this, this fascinates me with the corners because if I'm, if I'm a Saints coach, are you going to need the support for your your bench corners, that means playing the safeties up high. Mm-hmm. And instead of these receivers balling out, if there's more room in the middle of the field because the safeties are so high, doesn't that mean Todd Gurley should see more room in the open field? He could. So, Same with Cooper Cup in the slot. Underneath? Possibly. Right over the top, get behind those linebackers? Possibly. So I'm, I'm fascinated if, I'm, if I have any of the Rams offensive players in fantasy this week. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff hasn't been great the last two weeks. But I do think this could be the time to bounce bounce back. back. The O-line for the Rams are going to have to have a big game because those Saints DNs are having a great year. That whole D-line's having a great it's, year. It's been, it's been really good. And, and that's why I don't think it's going to be a complete collapse. But for the receivers... No, no, I think it'll be a close game yeah. in general. But I'm with you. I think the Rams, after that loss they had against the Vikings last week, I think their offense will be better in this game. I agree, Andy. Let's go Rams. Let's go Rams. Sunday nighter, Packers at Steelers. Remember I told you, oh, don't get too excited over Brett Hundley beating the Bears? Yeah, 
You, that's why you listen to old Andy here, all right, folks? Brett Hundley stinks. Packers better hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers can put some crazy glue on that collarbone and come back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rookie wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, the oddest and, well, for my money, best name in the National Football League. He is out with a hamstring. So what does that mean? Is it going to be Martavis Bryant coming back? Even a dark horse like an Eli Rodgers. We know Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are going to do their thing. Uh, Packers, it's in Pittsburgh. I think this is going to be a blow even with... Juju Smith-Schuster, who's uh, up there right now for Rookie of the Year. Well, I just witnessed the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers laying a beatdown on the Titans, and they've had 10 days off to get ready for a crappy Green Bay defense. If you have any Pittsburgh Steelers, Jesse James, uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, Antonio Brown, hell, play their backups. Play James Conner. He might get some action in the third or fourth quarter. Conner, maybe, and I think Martavius Bryant and, again, Eli Rogers' value. Like, those are deep. Those aren't on my sleeper picks this week, folks, but those are, like, deep, comatose-type guys who, who might in the absence of Smith-Schuster, if, if uh, Big Ben feels like distributing the ball. Yeah, uh, Martavis Bryant, though, in that Tennessee game, they did try to get him back into rhythm yeah. in that offense. It was the first game he played since the suspension, and he looked pretty good. He had a one he had one drop for, I think, about 30 yards. Hell of a chance. He'll definitely have a chance. If you're, if you're going to start Martavis Bryant any week, it's this week. It's Yeah, it is this week. And then you got Broncos at the Raiders. And in this one, you have Paxton Lynch, second-year player, uh, quarterback, of course, getting his first start of the season. Hasn't thrown a pass coming back from injury against a Raiders team giving up an NFL worst quarterback rating Ugh. of 113.3. Scriz, this one just has ugly written all over it. I'm predicting at least two interceptions by Paxton Lynch. The Broncos only hope in this one, I think, is they got to ground and pound. They have to try to solidify that defense that has given up a couple 50-point games this year and win it ugly and keep it close. If it gets into any sort of a shootout, you're done. So if this is uh, strike three for John Elway, is he out? little baseball reference? Uh, uh, John John Elway's fine. Well, (laughs) John Elway's Elway's two years off the Super Bowl. He's okay. He's going to be fine. This game is, this is probably the two most disappointing teams in the AFC this oh, year, especially the Raiders. Yeah, and the Titans too, no offense. But th- those but two the Titans I thought, still in a playoff spot, yeah. and they'll still likely get a wild card spot. So, yeah. the Raiders for sure, you're right. Everyone thought the Raiders were going to be in the AFC title game this year. Yeah, sure did. But the defense stinks, they didn't make any moves, all they did was bring in Marshawn Lynch and his Skittles. So, <laughs> for this game though, Paxton Lynch getting his first start, and this is prime time. All eyes are on him. This, at the beginning of the year, had the makings of a, a, a battle, like a main event. Absolutely. But now I can see what's the, what's the over-under in this game. Whatever it is, I'm taking the under. Because uh, I honestly yeah. just don't trust either offense in this game. Surprisingly, over, though. Over-under 43, Oakland favored by 4.5. I'm taking the under I'm on taking that. the under. I'll take the under. <laughs> I'm taking the under on that one. And, I'll I'll also, un- and I'll take Oakland. <sighs> like I said with the Bills, you'd think Denver would have some pride, especially that defense. They've been getting Three and seven. They're not even picked up. Like a lot of guys are dropping them in fantasy this like recently too. I think the Denver. I think they might have a little bit of a spark with Paxton Lynch. If I'm John Elway, like I know he's called the team soft and everything, but like I said, if these guys have any type of pride, division game Sunday night after Thanksgiving. You'll go Broncos? I'm going to go Broncos. All I don't right, know. Man. Demarius Thomas has played really well the last three weeks. I expect him to keep going. Listen, guys, uh, message Scrizz on Twitter, at Scrizzy underscore TSA. See, see, see if you can take that line. If you can take that line, take it. Take it, because I think you're going to win. I'm going Raiders on Sunday night. We're going to take the break, come back, head down to Buffalo. From WGR 550, Sal Capaccio covers the Bills. We'll also swing around the AFCs. A lot more coming up on TSN 4 Downs. Uh, it's been an interesting uh, set of days, but 
Um, it's National Football League. You got to be prepared for anything. And uh, focus-wise, you can't let things break your focus. Um, like I said, whether it was last week, this week, I'm going to continue to prepare. And, uh, that's what I'm here to do now, prepare and do whatever it takes to get this team to, uh, to a win on Sunday versus the Chiefs. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. We're delivered by Domino's. Go to dominoes.ca today for your carryout delivery specials like the large four-topping $11.99 deal. You can get pop, side dishes, dessert, everything you need at dominoes.ca and follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs, myself at AndyMC81. On the line now, we're going to talk Buffalo Bills and swing around the AFC East. Sal Capaccio from WGR 550 covers the Bills. Sal, with the Buffalo Bills, they're banged up on offense, all right? We have Kelvin Benjamin listed as questionable. Jordan Matthews, questionable. Tight end Charles Clay, you guessed it, questionable. So, Who's most likely to play on Sunday, and how can the Bills adjust to score some points with all of these injuries? Well, it's actually official that Benjamin is actually out now. As oh, boy. This morning, he will not travel to Kansas City, so he will not play in the game. Um, I think Charles Clay, you know, this is something we deal with every week. He played last week, so I think he's most likely to play of that group. Um, Jordan Matthews didn't play last week, so you don't know, but you hope he's trending in the right direction because it has been a whole week, and it didn't seem like a really major, major type of injury. He did; he was limited in practice. Deontay Thompson never left the field last week, uh, really left the game, I should say, then go to the locker room. He got wrapped up. He's been kind of hobbling around this week, so you hope that he can play. So all of that adds up to, you know, who does – Tyrod Taylor have to throw to. Well, Zay Jones is healthy. Andre Holmes is healthy. You hope you get a couple of those guys. But look at this offense runs through LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's who's out there at wide receiver. If it's one of those guys with you or me, it doesn't matter. LaShawn McCoy has to run the football. They have to run the football. And he's also got to be a big, big part of the passing game as well because he is the person that really this offense has to run through. So, obviously, Sal, we know the uh, debacle of, of last weekend with Nate Peterman uh, in the, the five interceptions and Tyrod came back in the second half. What does this mean, though, for the team? Because now everybody knows that the coaching staff, they, they don't want Tyrod Taylor, right? Like, he, he's not their guy, but they have no choice but to go back to him. Do you see that having any sort of effect in the locker room and, and moving forward as the Bills still try to push for a playoff spot? You know, I haven't seen it, but I think it's, it's a valid question on, you know, how, how, how guys are reacting internally because – externally out in the open they're very supportive of whatever you know the coaches decide as far as saying look it's not our call it's their job we're not personnel people in here we're just people who do a job and you know they're going to go out and do the best job they can for their own position but you know you have to wonder you know what privately guys are thinking i think they've been very good at you know keeping everything internal and in-house and as far as you know supporting their teammates whether it's tyrod or nathan peterman i think both of them have done a good job of supporting each other so these things can uh they do have a tendency in some cases to go pretty badly and they can fracture locker rooms the guys i've talked to have said that they don't think they have that type of locker room they think that they have a locker room that's very supportive loving of one another um they treat each other with respect and know that you know whatever the decision is made the decision is made so i haven't seen that yet Uh, we'll see what happens on sunday i think that you know as this season goes on and sean mcdermott hasn't made a commitment yet to tyrod taylor completely he's basically saying this is a week-to-week kind of thing so we'll see where that goes from there but i haven't sensed that yet so, and I kind of, making the move to Nate Peterman, I can I can sort of wrap my head around the decision in a way. Because, all right, if you decide Tyrod Taylor is not going to be your quarterback moving forward, then you have to see what you have in Nate Peterman and make a decision of making an offseason move, free agency, the draft, whatever. So I get that. 
but you're in a playoff spot. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, does does that move? Did it make sense to you, considering of how badly it backfired? Well, I think that obviously the results showed that it wasn't the right move. No, if you want to base it on that, but but I think if you put yourself in Sean McDermott's shoes and say, why did he do it? Here, here's why he did it, and then and then people can interpret whether they should have or they shouldn't have right. based upon this. But the reason they did it is because early in the year they were winning with defense, timely turnovers, clutch kicking, low scoring games. They weren't asking the quarterback to do a whole heck of a lot, to be quite honest, to win games. He didn't have to do a lot. He was exactly what Tyrod. He was doing exactly what they needed from Tyrod Taylor. He's kind of a game manager who has you know athletic ability to be able to create different types of plays. But once that's that formula started to break down, which was at the Jets, home against the Saints. Basically, they were giving up so many yards on the ground. They were getting down early in the game. They had to figure out a way to start getting more points on the board. They were not going to come back from those games. Once they were down two touchdowns against New Orleans, it was basically over. They had almost no shot. And then the other thing is, because Tyrod Taylor is a limited passer, he's not a, he's not a pocket passer, teams are playing them differently. They're shutting down the run. They're loading the box against LaShawn McCoy, and the Bills have not been able to overcome that. And I think that's what Sean McDermott saw. He saw, look, we have to win a different way now. Teams mm-hmm. are playing us differently. We have to throw the ball. We have to, we have to compensate for what's now become a leaky defense. I have to figure out a better way to get the ball into the end zone and down the field and have ways to score points. And that is really where all that came from. Even though he might not have been having as successful a season as he's had in the past, how big of a loss is Marcel Darius? You, you trade him away, and it, it does. It limits uh, what you can do in the sense that teams had to account for him, and now they don't. How big of a loss was he? Yeah, that's, that's right. I think that's the biggest part of it is he was getting double-teamed a lot mm. when he was in there. And now they don't, you, there's no one you have to double-team on the Bills' defensive line. And you can kind of game-plan double-teaming. You can play-by-play game-plan double-teaming. Say, on this play, we'll double-team this guy. On this one, it's another guy. You know, you couldn't do that before. You basically had to leave everybody one-on-one because Marcel was getting double-teamed and other guys were really feeding off that and eating off that. But I will say, you know, he was a rotational player. He wasn't getting a lot of snaps. He didn't play every game. And when he did play, he was only getting about 30 to 50% of the snaps. And, you know, it's a loss when he's on the field. He's, he's been pretty good at doing what he's supposed to, supposed to do. He wasn't wreaking havoc. He wasn't dominating. But, and he also was a rotational player. I think the, one of the bigger areas that they really lost in which people aren't really seeing, but I've been, I've been trying to kind of analyze and say, is the size up front that they do not have now. They're, they're, they're a leaner group. This is not a really big group. And I think that's part of the reason they've been getting gashed a little bit the last few weeks. They're kind of a lighter group up front. They made a move to fix that last week. They signed DeAndre Coleman, who's 340, and released Jarrell Worthy, who's 300, 305. They gained about 40 pounds on that. And that's what I think that has been lacking. And They're not a very big group up front, and I think they're getting physically uh, handled by some other teams. In conversation with Sal Capaccio from WGR 550 out of Buffalo. Uh, let's uh, take a big picture look at the AFC East here, Sal. So we know the Patriots, after that slow start, they are getting back to, well, you know, being being what the Patriots are. But what about the Dolphins? Uh, I, I think it's it's a really strange season for them. You have Cutler in and out. Matt Moore, who in relief has been good, but that one game he started, he was a disaster. Are, are the Dolphins where you thought they might be record-wise right now, where do you think they are in the division? Well, they kind of are to me. I didn't. I thought they'd have a regression. Uh, yeah. I didn't think they were as good as what they showed last year. I thought that uh, Ryan Tannehill, is, is, especially when he went down, um, you know, Jay Cutler coming in, you just never know what you're going to get from him. I actually like Matt Moore. I said from the beginning, I'd roll with Matt Moore. I'd rather yeah, have him too. 
uh, yeah, than Jay Cutler. I think he gives them a better chance to win on a weekly basis, especially going back to kind of what we talked about with the Bills, the way that team is constructed. I didn't think you had to be a, have a guy like Jay Cutler who's taking chances time after time. Um, but, you know, their defense hasn't been as good as it was last year. I think they're internally having some issues there uh, between coaching staff and players. Uh, so they, they did take a regression. I think they're, they're not as good as I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a little bit better than this, but I didn't expect them to necessarily be a playoff team this year. And going back to the, the Patriots, at least at the start of the year, it looked like the, after the first few weeks, well, it was going to be Kansas City and New England. The Chiefs are playing the Bills this week, and they've, they've stumbled. This is a, a huge game, I think, for both of these clubs because for the Chiefs, they need to get back on track. And for Buffalo to stay alive and Tyrod Taylor uh, under center, it's, it's going to be, be very interesting. How do you see that matchup playing out? Well, look, I think it, what you just said is right for a lot of reasons. Let me tell you, this game, people don't realize, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've lost four of their last five. Yeah. They need this game, too. And, you know, it, it's not as magnified maybe uh, in the grand scheme of things because they're two games clear of the division lead. But, you know, the Chargers are now nipping on their heels. And if they were to lose this game and go six and five, they'd have a pretty much a one-game lead on, on L.A., and on top of that, the Bills would have a tiebreaker over them. So I'll tell you this. I've been telling people all weekend in Buffalo, if the Bills happen to win this game, it's a big if, obviously. I don't know if they can win this game. But if they happen to win this game, you need to root for the Chargers now to win the West <laughs> because you want to be tied with Kansas City at the end of the year or Oakland for that wild card, not with the Chargers who you lost to. And on top of that, I'll tell you this. Think about this. That first-round pick the Bills got from Kansas City in the draft Ooh. last year. Can you imagine if the Chiefs – continue their downward spiral and don't make the playoffs. How big would that be? Wow. The Bills gave them that loss to keep them, to help keep them out of the playoffs, which at the end of the year would be possible if they happen to lose this game. You're right. Wow. What a, yeah, that's, that's the underlying storyline. Very interesting. Sal, great stuff as always. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. Anytime. That was Sal Capaccio from WGR 550 in Buffalo beat reporter and writer for the Buffalo Bills. Great follow on Twitter at, Sal Sports. After the break, we will get into some heavy fantasy football talk, folks. Pat Mayo from DraftKings will join me, and we'll get to well all the top storylines from around fantasy football leading into Week 12 in the National Football League. A lot more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Get us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs. Myself at AndyMC81. Folks, as you know, we are delivered by Domino's. It's getting cold outside. Perfect Domino's weather. Go to Domino's.ca. Get a medium feast pizza, any type, for $10.99. You want a bit more? How about a large four-topping, $11.99. Side dishes, marble cookie brownie for dessert, whatever you need. Delivery, carryout, Domino's.ca. Very pleased to have on the line now. One of the premier fantasy football minds is a DraftKings analyst. Pat Mayo joins us now. Pat, when we look at the Dallas Cowboys without Zeke Elliott, we know how talented he can be, but I don't think anybody could have predicted the fall-off, never mind on the field, but from a fantasy perspective. Dak Prescott in the toilet, the running backs, nothing. Des Bryant still struggling. How, what, do we, what should we make coming out of that Thursday game about how we value Dallas Cowboys in the fantasy world? Well, you obviously have to downgrade most of them, but the biggest surprise was the two weeks previous to Thanksgiving, Tyron Smith was out. So these teams with either average or even below average defensive lines were able to generate so much pressure on Dak that he had no real time to 
do anything. And now that he's back, but he's banged up, then you go up against Bosa and you go up against Ingram, that it doesn't really make all that much of a difference. So when I see Dallas again, like eight days from now, coming off the mini-buy, that Tyron Smith is going to be a bit healthier, so he's going to be close to 100%. Maybe it will give Dak some time to throw the ball. He almost needs to get into a Russell Wilson-type situation right now where he moves the pocket around, they run him out on bootlegs, they basically have him being the statue in the pocket, which with Zeke Elliott you could do because they had to respect the play action so much. They don't need to do that right now with Alfred Morris, who's doing nothing on the ground, or Rod Smith, who they know is not going to carry the ball. So I uh, yet to downgrade all the Cowboys right now, but um, like someone like Dez, he's obviously not a wide receiver one anymore, but he's probably like a top, fringy top 25 guy until they figure this all out because if they're going to be down at these games. Eventually, he's going to start getting his double-digit targets again. And then, even if he converts half of them, he'll still be viable. And Pat, if we look at your Twitter at the PME, you have up the uh, Week Twelve DraftKings wide receiver rankings and pricing, leading the way. AJ Green, no surprise there against my poor Cleveland Browns. We know how horrendous they are. Is it like when you look at at matchups and and against terrible teams like the Giants, the Forty ers and the Browns? How much do you value somebody, like, let's say, an A.J. Green in this matchup compared to, uh, let's say, a, a Mike Evans uh, going up against uh, Atlanta, who's a little bit cheaper? See, I, I don't really like A.J. Green all that much this week. I mean, I mean, you being the Browns aficionado, <laughs> you know, there's two things they kind of do well. It's stop the run and shut down wide receiver one. Not to say that A.J. Green can't overcome McCourty, but Last time, the only in the last game against the Browns, the only reason that AJ Green went off because he got away from McCourty and then got downfield. And if that doesn't happen this time around, he's not going to be worth that price tag. I would just much rather. I know Troop on the lineup against Evans, but Evans has a great track record against Atlanta. And even in that game, you just expect so much throwing from Tampa Bay that volume should lean on the side of Mike Evans. So I was over AJ Green. All right. Okay. All right. I like the optimism. Okay. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll buy into that there, Pat. Uh, now, what about Julio Jones? We know if we're talking league and you drafted Julio high, you're gonna play him, right? If he's healthy, you gotta play him because you use that high of a draft pick, and you you probably don't have too much of another option. But at the price tag where he's at, it seems like he's questionable every week. He's seventy seven hundred bucks, and we just haven't seen him go go off. Like, are, is is he worth rolling the dice on again when we're talking about daily and DraftKings? Yeah, absolutely. Like, where would you think in terms of total points this year that Julio Jones ranks at wide receiver? Based, mm. And maybe you do know this, but just based on the narrative that surrounds Julio Jones and how bad he's been, what do you think he ranks? I would say it, just the public perspective would put him in the uh, at least in the middle or lower. I'd say probably middle, middle of the league, maybe a bit lower. He's 11th in fantasy points at receiver. Really? Yeah, he's a wide receiver one. He has one touchdown. That's it. That... If you just inserted <laughs> a normal round of touchdowns into his game, yeah. he'd be a top five wide receiver right wow. now. And it's funny because you mentioned it. Like, if you draft the guy in the first round, you have to play him every week. And I mean, there is some credence to that. But, I mean, there's no reason to ever bench Julio Jones. He just isn't putting up Antonio Brown-type numbers and that who he's getting compared to. Like, he's just mm. behind Mike Evans. He's ahead of Des Bryant. When it comes to total <laughs> points, people don't really seem to be buying into it because they expect so much from him on a week-to-week basis. Like, we talk about, you know, touchdown regression and positive regression all the time. 
based on the number of red zone targets that Julio Jones has right now, and that always has sort of been his Achilles heel, but they don't use him as much in the red zone as some of the other elite receivers. But I believe he has eight so far this season, one touchdown. So something's got to give there. Like before the past two weeks, the biggest prime candidate to start catching more touchdowns was Keenan Allen. He had the most red zone targets, the fewest amount of touchdowns. Now all of a sudden, guys scoring touchdowns again. That's got to happen. Julio Jones at some point. So of those top three receivers, and I'll throw, I like Evans more than I like A.J. Green. I like Julio more than them both. This is the best matchup he's going to get all season long. Tampa Bay has no one, no one on defense right now. The only thing that you really have to hold out for is you have to hope Tampa Bay can put up some points in this game and continue to allow Atlanta to throw so they don't do it. I mean, you mentioned Julio's been questionable every week. If you look at Atlanta's schedule, from this point to the end of the season, it is tough. They're going to need Julio Jones every single week. So if they get up by 20, they might put him on the sidelines and be like, hey, get yourself healthy. We need you next week. That's the only fear that I have with them. Hmm. So I'll have to track that. Okay. In conversation with Pat Mayo, does uh, well just about everything with, with DraftKings. You can get him on Twitter at the PME. So I'm getting questions on Twitter too. Well, it says Tom Brady's questionable. You're going to have to kill Tom Brady for him not to play. Like he's going to actually have to be dead for him not to play. So I wouldn't be concerned. Is that Achilles worrying you at all? No. I mean, hasn't Tom Brady been on the injury report every single week of yes. his career? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just want and, some and, confirmation and, here. <laughs> and the only game the, the he's ever missed is when he actually blew his knee out. Yeah. yeah, well, when his knee fell apart then he and he couldn't actually walk, then that's the only one he missed. Uh, the la- last one yeah. for you here, Pat. Alex Smith, great start to the year for the Chiefs, and we've just seen them in a steady decline. Kareem Hunt, you can mention in that too. Now, Smith, every couple iffy games, the Pat Mahomes conversation coming up, just 9.9 fantasy points last week. He's facing a Bills team that shot itself in the foot with that ridiculous Nate Peterman decision at quarterback. But Alex Smith, 6500 bucks on DraftKings, looks like he has a plus matchup for a bounce back. Is that a value buy at 65? Are you trusting Alex Smith against the Bills? I don't think as much of a value is the problem. Mm. I mean, it's still pretty pricey for Alex Smith. Yeah. Yes, the Bills shot them in the foot by starting Nate Peterman, but they really shot them in the foot the moment they traded Marcel Darius. Because yeah. they've, had a, yep. they've had the worst rush defense in the league since that moment. So if there's a time when Kareem Hunt gets back going, it's probably this week. You can use Alex Smith and feel pretty good about it because the Chiefs are probably going to score a lot of points in this game. But I'm going to value at quarterback. I just look at 5400 bucks. That seems like one of the worst secondaries in the league. And one of the great things about the Titans is they're probably going to score points. Yeah. And it makes it very – the one good thing about the Colts is they're not a great team, but the offense has been good. And Brissett's able to sort of manufacture points with his legs. He's sort of like the rich man's Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> throw as many picks, does as much running. It's kind of nice. And, you know, everyone knows that the rushing points – quarterbacks are more valuable than the passing points. So if you can just have those, it really stabilizes your score. He doesn't need to do a ton to pay off his price. He basically needs to score two touchdowns and that's it. And when it comes to the point of backing your players together, no one really on Indianapolis touches the ball in the passing game outside of T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. So you can use all three of those guys, and they're all relatively cheap to where their upside rests this week. Like, T.Y. Hilton this season, I don't think he has any games in between, I think it's 45 yards and 160 yards. It's either over that or under. Right. This seems like one of those over weeks. 
Yeah, yeah, he's a home run or bust there. Uh, Pat, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Tell people where they can find you, watch you, read you. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at ZPME. Of course, the Pat Mayo Experience, my daily show, whether it covers drafting, whether it covers bidding, whether it covers season law, golf, MMA, football, everything to get you covered. You can go to the DraftKings YouTube page, watch the full video version, or just download the podcast. It's on demand, uncut, free every single day. Um, we usually just do seven days a week. So and even on weekends, you're going to get your update. You're going to have a whole injury update coming out late Friday. That will last until Sunday. And then Sunday morning, you can catch me on the DraftKings Facebook page live for two hours, taking everyone's questions as I am every Sunday morning. Awesome stuff, Pat. Really love your work. Keep up the great job. All right. Thanks, Andy. That was DraftKings writer, analyst, superstar. Pat Mayo. Get him on Twitter again, at the PME. We'll take the break and finish up four downs with my sleeper picks and our own DraftKings Pick'em contest. A lot more coming up. TSN Four Downs. You're listening across the TSN radio network. Keenum hit as he throws towards the end zone. Rudolph with the catch. Touchdown! Case Keenum took a shot but floated it into the outstretched arms of his tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Back to Allen. And no Cowboys able to stand up as Allen weaves past the ball for the touchdown. What an effort by Keenan Allen. Play action. Turn the time to the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown. Josh Dachshund. Well, the turkey's all eaten. What a trio of Thanksgiving. I won't call them classics, but we kicked off week 12 well. We're back to wrap up TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Get us on Twitter at TSN Four Downs, TSN the number four downs. Myself at AndyMC81. And we're delivered by Domino's, guys. We are delivered by Domino's. Domino's.ca for carryout, delivery. You're busy with the kids. You watch the sports with the guys, the fam, the gals, whatever. Go to Domino's.ca. All right, we just got a few minutes left, so let's get to a Twitter question here. Fantasy football, I'll try to get to other ones later on, at AndyMC81, at TSN4Downs on Twitter. It says, in my flex position in non-PPR, should I address Bilal Powell or Corey Coleman? That coming from at Spiffy Mick. Powell or Coleman? Great handle. Scri- yeah, it's pretty good. Scriz, in non-PPR, I hate both of those options. In PPR, Corey Coleman's going to get his touches, as with Bilal Powell. So you're looking overall yardage-wise. <laughs> Coleman's the only receiver option right now for the Browns. He's one of my sleeper picks in my DK Playbook DraftKings article. I'll say Coleman, but I don't love either. Um, We can get to a uh, poll update here and uh, give you the results thus far from at TSN 4 Downs. Which running back is going to have the bigger NFL fantasy week? Which one will have the bigger week? Kareem Hunt versus the Bills. Jay Ajayi versus the Bears. Kevin Coleman versus the Bucks. Deion Lewis versus the Dolphins. Hunt leading the way at 52%. Second is Ajay, then Coleman, then Lewis. Remember, Devontae Freeman is out, I'm so Coleman will Jay get Ajay's in second me place. Me too. That makes no sense They have to me. four running backs to recycle in a game against the Bears. Bears D is sneaky good. A couple more of my DraftKings sleepers here, and again, you can find those at DraftKings.com under the playbook. I'll also tweet it out at AndyMC81. I mentioned Corey Coleman. I love this guy this week. It's crazy. Kenny Stills. I think this is a phenomenal play because New England, all right, now people say, oh, their defense, it's ranked X and and like third lowest against wide receivers. That was at the beginning of the year. They've gotten better. The problem here for the Dolphins is you got Landry and Parker, but with Stills, 
the targets the last three games have almost been identical. So when you have the top two guys uh, paying attention to Parker and Landry, that opens up Kenny Stills, who's coming off a career game. And I think at the value, 4800 bucks on DraftKings, he's the only one of those two. You're not getting Landry or Jarvis off of the, or Landry or Parker off of the waiver wire. You can get Kenny Stills off it. I love that pick this week. I don't trust any Dolphins player in any fantasy league, and I haven't done so for two, three years. And a lot of chemistry with Matt Moore, why. though. A lot of chemistry with Matt yeah, Moore. Matt Moore still stinks. And it's the New England Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. They will. F- the only good players on the Dolphins are their D linemen and the receivers. Belichick will find a way to cancel out both those groups, and that's why I think the top two why Stills could be a sneaky pick again. They're sleepers, so you're not. They're you sleepers. Uh, Andy Dalton. I like this matchup going a lot. up against my Browns. I do like this. He is How the do you only. Not like this? He is the the only game he's gotten over twenty fantasy points was against the Browns earlier in the year. Yep. Uh, AJ Green without Joe Hayden on on Cleveland, they own him. It, it should be should be easy to say the Browns are zero and ten, but Dalton has owned them even in poor seasons the last two years. He has still put out six thousand bucks. I think that is a value at that point. And again, Andy Dalton could be sitting for your league play on your waiver wire. So, take in consideration there. Derrick Henry for your Titans, Scrizzy. Mm, interesting. DeMarco Murray, he might get the ball. Mike Malaki, right? He seems to be hesitant and Terry Rubisky from going away from Murray, who looks slow. He's averaging under three yards per carry. Give the rock to the young gun, man. Give it to Derrick Henry. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. Indy sucks. They're playing the Colts. I think he should get the workload. If he does, Derrick Henry is going to produce. But again, that's why he called a sleeper. It's a sleeper. It's not pick. a guarantee. Ten days to recover. Hopefully, Demarco and Marcus Mariota are both healthier after that beatdown against the Steelers. That Indy Monday night game from a couple weeks ago. Remember, Demarco Murray had that seventy-five yard yeah. run for a touchdown, yeah. but it was his only good run of the game. Derek Henry also went over hundred yards in that game. So, I He's like getting chunk gains. I like that play as a sleeper. But I'm not rushing to pick up Derrick Henry and put him in this week. All right. And now let's get to our Draft Kings contest delivered by Domino's. Okay, folks? So as we say each week, it, we, we, we want to win the money. We want to win the pizza prize, but we want you to as well. We want you to have the opportunity. So you can go to draftfree.com, draftfree.com. It's our Domino's Draft Kings contest. It's the pick'em style game. So it's not salary cap. In each tier, you pick which player is going to have the best fantasy week. We'll go through three tiers here, and you can do the rest yourself. But to, just to show you how it works. So you go to draftfree.com, sign up, tweet at us, at AndyMC81, at Scrizzy underscore TSN. You can chirp us. We'll go head to head. Tier one, who's going to have the better week? Kareem Hunt, LaShawn McCoy, AJ Green, or Julio Jones? That is a tough pick. That's tough. I think I'm taking one of the two receivers because I love both those matchups. That Tampa Bay defense is so bad. And after that Atlanta Falcons win over Seattle. I'm going to have to go with Julio Jones. I'll go Kareem Hunt. I don't trust Julio. And I know Pat Mayo said, hey, he's like top 11 in fantasy points still, but the pop isn't there. I think you can get maybe a bigger game potentially out of Kareem Hunt. Tier 2, Travis Kelsey, Jarvis Landry, Mike Evans, Tevin Coleman. I'm going Coleman all the way here. You're going Coleman? I'm going Coleman. All right. I think think I'm taking Kelsey. You're going Kelsey against the Bills? I might have to. The Bills defense sucks. Going Kelsey. Uh, Tier 3, Brandon Cooks. Christian McCaffrey, Rob Gronkowski, or T.Y. Hilton. Another difficult one. I don't like Cooks just because, not that I don't like him overall, but it's it's so hard to predict outside of Gronkowski where Brady's going to go. Uh, Miami is terrible against tight ends. So, and in the Jets' defense, again, they're one of those teams like the Bears. The defense is better than you think. So I'll go Gronk. 
I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Greg Olson being there, I think the defense is going to yeah. spot him a lot, and I think it's going to leave the flats in the middle of the field open for McCaffrey to catch Joe a lot McCaffrey. of balls out of the backfield. He could be. He could be. I'll go uh, Go Gronk. Uh, Miami's terrible against the tight end. So well, good that's, luck, bud. That's tier three. Not good luck to you because I want to win. Oh. We'll go. Uh, tier, the eight tiers, you can go and play yourself at draftfree.com. Draftfree.com. It's our Domino's DraftKings contest. There's a Domino's grand prize in the top 48 spots. Pay out. We like taking care of you here on TSN 4 Down. So thank you to all of our guests. For producer Mike Skrzniak, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN Radio.